Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the Eastside Institute. I'm Lois Holzman, co-founder and director of the Institute, and I want to tell you where our title comes from. The Institute is a center for social change efforts that reinitiate human and community development. We support, connect, and partner with committed and creative activists, scholars, artists, helpers, and healers all over the world. Way back in 2003, Institute co-founder, the late Fred Newman and I, had a paper published with the title, All Power to the Developing. This phrase captures how vital it is for all people to grow, develop, and transform emotionally, socially, and intellectually, if we are to have a shot at creating something positive out of the intense crises we're all experiencing. Our hope is that this podcast series will show you that far from a slogan, all power to the developing is a loving activity, a pulsing heart in an all too cruel world. Welcome to All Power to the Developing. I'm Lois Holzman, and I am your host for this episode. I am so happy to be welcoming Ishita Sanyal. Ishita is a psychologist in Calcutta, India, and she is the founder of an organization, an extraordinary organization called Turning Point. Welcome, Ishita. Uh, thank you, Lois. Ishida, why don't we um, start with start at the beginning? Um, when did you start Turning Point, and what were the circumstances that led you to start it? I started Turning Point almost twenty three years before, mm. when my own brother started suffering from schizophrenia. Uh, though I was a student of psychology. But I hardly had any knowledge about the management of person with such severe form of illness and also the management of each and every member of the family who are the caregivers. Mm -hmm. who... So Ishita, what kind of training did you have when you say you studied psychology? Was, was that not part of training? Uh, I have done graduation in psychology before that. And after my brother started suffering from uh, this illness, actually at that point of time, I was married and I was uh, asked because 23 years back that I couldn't continue my career. So after he started suffering from uh, schizophrenia and I have seen 
how the whole family members feel devastated who are the caregivers due to this sudden change in the life of a family member mm-hmm. i thought that i should do something and then i again started my career i uh, took a training of uh, psychotherapy and counseling for a year and uh, i thought that i have to do i need to do something for not only my brother but everyone who are affected by this sort of illness and uh, when i was undergoing the training at that point i was uh, attached with uh, a big railway hospital as a trainee mm, and uh, at that point of time i have seen whoever would come uh, uh, for uh, medic- medical help seeking medical help they appear to me uh, as my own brother and sister and their parents as my parents so i thought that uh, i cannot take their pain anymore mm. and uh, i need to bring a change and i was of course not aware at that point of time what sort of change would be possible uh, because when i asked the professionals the psychiatrist and others mental health professionals they said that because there is no such centers in kolkata or in india they thought that uh, no growth or no development could be possible for this particular mm. sector of the society mm. so it's very personal for you ishita how old was your brother when when this happened he was in his uh, late teens mhm mhm and you said it was very sudden it was very sudden he was in his uh, uh, class 11 when it uh, when the onset was there and uh, my mother was not able to understand and at that point of time there was no mobile nothing so we never used to have continuous communication Mm-hmm. but uh, when i used to come to my home i could see the symptoms uh, and uh, aware my parents that this is not a typical teenage symptom uh, so they should consult the psychiatrist and take psychological support and advice i see hmm. <clears throat> it must have been very very difficult for you and the family and you were saying that the conditions in india for people with such conditions with mental distress at that time were were not um not helpful to people in the sense that they didn't see any possibility of growth or development and um and that led you to do something to start this organization called turning point what was it like at the beginning actually as uh, you are talking about the condition that were at that point of time actually people who are suffering from mental illness or their family members they generally used to lose faith in treatment because uh, they were not aware that it is not uh, like any other disease like fever 
where the recovery would be possible within seven or 10 days. So they would uh, start uh, for a treatment and then switch over to another psychiatrist and then lose faith in treatment. And then they would start praying to God and then they would go to uh, the palmist and uh, they would try to find out uh, what would be the fate of this of their uh, relatives. So when I have seen very closely, I have observed the pain of my parents and uh, the continuous frustration that they have. I have seen my strong and confident father with loads of positivity breaking down. I witnessed the continuous frustration initially in my mother. And of course, I heard the verdict that once an illness is always an illness. And a person with chronic mental illness could probably have no quality of life and no future for them. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I should return back to Kolkata once again. And uh, it actually, my brother's illness uh, uh, triggered uh, that I should do not only something for my brother, but to everyone who are suffering from this sort of illness and who are ha having no hope for future. And I probably hit a negative outlook towards life and took it as a challenge. Mm -hmm. uh, so I um, started doing counseling, psychotherapy. And after that, I uh, initiated uh, this uh, program with three uh, patients who were there uh, from where I worked at uh, BNR Hospital. And uh, I started the journey 23 years back where there was no center in Kolkata, which were offering this sort of support. Uh, because when I visited all the centers prior to starting this uh, turning point, uh, they were all inpatient facilities available there. And uh, where all the people are locked in a room they are given medicines with uh, probably one option to watch the television, but nothing else. Mm. So this is how I, I took it as a challenge and thought that I should do something different. And what did you, did you know what, did you have an idea of what you should do? Or you just started experimenting and trying new things and seeing what worked? No, I had no idea because at that <laughs> point of time, uh, we didn't have computer also. Uh, so I experimented. I started it initially once a week, like a club day for them, where they would come chat with each other, play some games uh, that we would uh, uh, make each and every day according to their needs. And after uh, one year, um, when computer was there in Kolkata, so we started computer training also. So 
after one year when i witnessed a remarkable change and development amongst them we made it at that point of time five days a week and rented an infrastructure to run the center mm. but uh, the first one year was full of experiments and uh, we learned from each other we uh, discovered from each other what were uh, uh, most effective for them and uh, i think uh, it is not that they developed i also developed or we also developed with them mm -hmm. tell us about that what what did that look like their development and your development uh actually uh because we experimented with some activities and some play also uh so that they remain happy uh at that point of time i discovered that each and every day when they are doing different sorts of activities and when they are playing games and uh, they are exploring their communication uh, uh i would say communication skills uh, because we would ask them to have a debate on a particular issue. They would also suggest some issues. And with all this together, they started developing and they started coming out of the illness. Mm. Uh, uh, they started uh, talking about positive side of life. They were not complaining about their symptoms. Uh, they uh, started to dream again. So these are some of the changes and their quality of life at home also improved a lot because previously they would sit uh, or sleep all the time. And after they started coming to the center, naturally when they uh, used to come five days a week, so they uh, were in an active lifestyle for five days a week. So uh, we have seen how they are growing. And with that, uh, we discovered what are the things that are most beneficial for them. And uh, I think that uh, till now, I like to experiment because we cannot tell with certainty that these are the only things that uh, are essential for development. but. Uh, each and every day, we can learn a lot of things from them. Uh, like uh, there, there were days when, as, uh, suppose, uh, I am feeling a little bit frustrated because uh, some of the things we have planned to do, like maybe some of the programs that we have planned to do, uh, there were no funds, so we were thinking how to make it out. And they would come together and they would uh, sit together with us and we would plan together. So I think with mutual support with uh, uh, while experimenting with them, and we had a, a caregiver group also, we started it after one year. So they were also our support system. So everyone, I think everyone, each one of us 
improved a lot, developed a lot, and changed a lot. Mm -hmm. It sounds so <clears throat> inspiring, um, especially that you didn't know what you were doing and you just kept experimenting <laughs> and so many people wouldn't do that, but that is near and dear to my heart because um, I think that's how things happen is you don't know what you're doing. Um, so how uh, continuing that and all the experimentation that you've done over the 23 years, how has Turning Point grown and changed? What are some of your programs and activities now? Actually, uh, there has been uh, a number of changes. The first thing that I would like uh, to focus is that when we started, uh, there were uh, so much stigma surrounding mm -hmm. mental illness. And so no one was uh, ready to give uh, their infrastructure on rental basis for this particular objective. Mm. So first of all, we started in a primary school after their school hours were over. And then we had a premises for two to three years. Uh, but uh, when we had the premises, the neighbors started complaining because they said that you would be working with people who are having mental illness and they are dangerous. So we cannot allow you to do it. So <laughs> they even uh, told me that uh, we know how to kill people uh, mm. who are creating nuisance and uh, the locality. So I took the help of a doctor uh, who was residing there. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, his own uh, son uh, was having uh, intellectual disability. So he was well aware about this issue. So he uh, started supporting us. And then uh, I organized a sports and a cricket match. So when there was a cricket match, actually uh, the small children and the young guys were uh, gathered there, started gathering there to watch the cricket match. And uh, when I saw them, I said that uh, you can also join us. So one by one, they started join, joining us. So there was a match in between them and uh, Turning Point members. And that created the bridge mm -hmm. uh, uh, because they enjoyed the match and they interacted with them, they played with them. And at that point of time, they started realizing that they are having a wrong notion about people with mental illness. So that is the time when uh, things were changing, things started changing. Mm -hmm. So mm, I love that. I love that you took mm, advantage mm, of a cultural mm, event mm, that unites people and that you don't, doesn't mm, matter doesn't matter what your religious belief is. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what your um, people think of you at the time, mm -hmm. but to, to do this thing, cricket, mm -hmm. playing that together, that was very, mm -hmm. very, very creative of you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, Ishita, when, when did you, it sounds like you 
had an inclination that play was important and people playing together. Um, but I also know that you began to incorporate play and performance and improvisation much more into your work. And um, so I'd love for you to talk about that, tell our listeners what that revelation was like for you and how, and how you did it. Uh, uh, we started, of course, play from the very beginning, of course, not knowing anything about it. As I told you, it was uh, just started experimentally. Uh, uh, we started it and we have seen improvement uh, in all our members. And uh, actually, if I tell you honestly, uh, I have never ever told that, it, uh, that anyone if they are playing, that could bring a transformation uh, amongst them. Uh, I started it mainly from the objective that it would bring a sense of joy, a sense of involvement in them. Uh, and in India, you know, if we use the word play, uh, there are some typical notions. Play means, of course, the play when we play games, or play means a sort of drama, or when we use the term play. Many people think that uh, have a negative outlook towards play, that they are playing uh, with something. That means a negative tone is attached with the term play. So uh, there is a, a negative mindset. So whenever I have uh, communicated about uh, our, what are the daily routines that we do at Turning Point, we have so many other activities also. I would always uh, tell them that these are the activities that we are doing, not the play. Uh, so I generally used to avoid the term play. So when I first discovered Eastside Institute, it was totally a liberating experience and exposure for me. Uh, at that point of time, I discovered how serious impact playfulness can create, how wonderful uh, could improvisation be, how powerful could be the performance. To tell you honestly, from the very beginning, play and performance had been the two pillars of Turning Point, but I never used to express it. As uh, whenever I have tried to explain it to people, people used to ignore me, think that I am stupid if I mentioned these two <laughs> things. <laughs> so my ideas, my observations, my findings were actually being supported and confirmed only when I have been with all of you. And I remember the first conference that I attended at Eastside Institute, uh, where everyone, uh, means in every session, they would, there would be a live demonstration of what they are doing. And it was a form of play where few things, uh, I till now remember from the first conference, so uh, I, I got a very healthy feedback 
that whatever I'm doing has a strong support uh, elsewhere uh, in this world. And uh, not only in one place, I have seen people from so many different areas, they are doing it. So uh, scientifically also, there is a, a strong point behind play and performance. Mm. So I think um, I have learned a lot from it. And uh, after uh, coming from SID Institute, I could tell uh, everyone or tell the parents that this is not something which is weird anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, this is something uh, which has been scientifically proven to be a positive thing for the growth and development of these people. And thank you so much um, for for sharing that, I, 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 I actually love that experience. Mm -hmm. I actually love that experience of, oh, I don't know if it's being, I don't know if the word is being validated or, or mm -hmm. finding other people who mm -hmm. give expression to mm -hmm. what you didn't even know you thought but you had been putting into play. You had been act. You had been um, using that, and that I, I've had that myself. And it, it's um, it's so joyful. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Other people not only think this way and are giving me language to to give expression to what I've been thinking, but they also do it. And so, you know, I just feel um, so gratified that we took the plunge and, and, and started the conference Performing the World in 2001, which mm -hmm. has continued every other year. And that, that, that uh, gave you so much, um, mm -hmm. so much um, validation and, and mm -hmm. was there to help you go further with, with the program. Um, I think this is a good point to take a very brief commercial break and we'll be right back with Ishitas Sanyal. The Eastside Institute is a hub for a diverse and emergent community of social activists, thought leaders, and practitioners who are reigniting our human abilities to imagine, create, and perform beyond ourselves, to develop. Each episode will introduce you to another performance activist or play revolutionary from around the world. The Institute is independent of government and corporate foundations. Our work is entirely funded by students and supporters. If you would like to help the Institute expand its developmental work, please make a contribution by going to eastsideinstitute.org and click the Get Involved tab, where you can make a donation. Thanks. And now, back to our conversation. Welcome back. Welcome back to this episode of All Power to the Developing. I am speaking with Ishita Sanyal, a psychologist from Calcutta, India. So Ishita, um, 
tell us more about um, how you understand playing and performing and improvising to help people to develop, to, um, to use some words that you've used in the past when we've been talking to support people's hidden potentialities. How does it work? How do you see that? Uh, I would say that actually performance enables a person to grow and develop. Generally, uh, when a person starts suffering from mental illness, there is a denial at first, and after that, they accept the illness. And when they accept the illness, they think that they do not have any capability. They do not have any creativity. So when they're given a scope to perform, uh, each and every person in this universe, I strongly believe they have the potentiality to perform. They have creativity. So in a non-judgmental environment, if uh, everyone, I would say every one of us are given the scope to perform, uh, we can perform, we can develop, we can grow. And for them, uh, can I uh, tell you some of uh, the examples? Oh, yes, I'd love to hear some. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a girl uh, who was in her late teens and uh, she was not able to speak also. At that point of time, she would utter one or two words and uh, it was, of course, after I returned from uh, Eastside Institute. So at that point of time, we started uh, giving them three or four words and asked them to compose a drama. Uh, so maybe one person, maybe two persons together would instantly make a drama. Mm -hmm. So they were enjoying it. Uh, they were enjoying each other's performance also. So we th thought uh, her name was Jayati. We thought that uh, Jayati won't be able to perform because she cannot speak a whole sentence. And then Jayati showed interest. She went to that particular place where everyone is performing. And uh, when I noticed her interest, I gave her a few words also. So the uh, uh, five minutes time we used to give each one of them. So five minutes, she performed brilliantly. She was not able to uh, tell meaningful sentences, of course, but she enjoyed the performance and she was, uh, I would say there was a joyful performance with her body language, with her eyes expressing her feelings. And we all enjoyed that a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, these, are the, uh, these are some of the instances, uh, examples through which uh, we can understand uh, there is uh, a person, Indranil, he is uh, still there with us. So when he first came to Turning Point, 
he would uh, he was very angry and upset all the time and he would say that i can't do anything so don't ask me to do anything so we were suggesting can you uh, sing can you paint can you uh, recite and then he said i have never drawn anything uh, i can't draw i can't paint and just holding the pencil i told him okay let's start drawing together and then uh, we started uh, uh, putting a brush uh, uh, on his hand and said okay we would color the paintings so we always do the creative things in such a way that it uh, turns out to be something pro productive so he painted uh, an adam glass and uh, in our exhibition it was there and everyone would come and appreciate it and that gave him the first motivation to do something positive or have trust on him and you know indranil turned out into a different individual altogether and till now uh, the perfection he has in his fabric painting none of us uh, are having that that perfection level mm -hmm. and later on he started doing everything starting from computer creative writing reciting drama everything and uh, what is uh, most important to me is that it is not that we need to tell him uh, that do you want to do this he would himself volunteer that i want to act i want to paint i want to uh, do this so uh, that motivation that confidence that yes i can do is there actually when uh, i started uh, uh, giving the computer training i told the trainer that at first uh, you ask them to write their own name make it big small uh, with beautiful colors so that they uh, start uh, developing a sense of identity with their name so uh, they were uh, or they are till now asked to color it so they use their own preferred colored write their names so in this very short ways i have seen that uh, creativity and performance helps not only them but also their family members yeah um it <laughs> you are such a, a as i listen to you i think of how wonderful a developmental psychologist you are you know the <laughs> describing the 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 first drawing and that you're doing it together and and the 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 fact that we appreciate very little children babies and little children all the time when they make attempts and then when people grow up we very rarely appreciate them making these attempts and needing help and especially people that you're describing who have only since they've become ill been related to as a problem here you are relating to them as in a way as as capable of becoming and developing and i i just find that so um inspiring again 
Um, yes, I, I do want to talk about the caregivers and the families and how you see in your work that the socialness and the creativity and the performance has been helpful and helped them grow and helped their families grow. Give us some examples of that and share your thinking on it. Hmm. In India, uh, till now, I would rather say, uh, many of the families where you would uh, find a person with chronic mental illness or some degree of intellectual disability often lead a secluded life. They do not feel free to visit all their friends, their relatives, or many places where uh, people are gathering. So, uh, they try to actually avoid people because uh, people would ask them some questions about their uh, child. So uh, they have challenges in their life because they to become socially isolated. We have a parents group at Turning Point. Uh, they become our volunteers in all major activities of Turning Point. And it gives, gives them a scope to be creative and uh, dance and sing with them in some of uh, the, our programs. But we have seen uh, while creating this group, uh, the parents group, I would first talk about the parents group. It gives them a support system where they can easily share their pain and uh, enjoy actually the performance, the development, the activities of not only their own child, but all the children who are in the group. Uh, so I think it gives them a sense of belongingness, a sense of family, uh, society, uh, where they feel that they are accepted. And in this pandemic, I would uh, like to give an example uh, because do, yes. uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> in this pa pandemic, we have seen very interesting changes in parental behaviors also, because uh, many of our uh, members, Turning Point members, uh, they were using WhatsApp or Zoom for the first time, so they were not very confident. And uh, we were uh, giving instruction to the parents to help them do it. So when they started doing it with their parents, a bond developed between the parent and child, uh, which were not there. Of course, the bond was there, but the bond became strong. And the responsibilities of parents, uh, I think, uh, started increasing. Like uh, previously, when they were coming to Turning Point, they would... Uh, come alone or some of them uh, would drive the car and, uh, till turning point. So the parents were taking some responsibilities. But now that uh, when they started the online class for the first time, at that point of time, the parents realized that this is the time when they need to be there with their children. So their responsibilities as parents increased a lot. And I think uh, 
that actually improved or developed a, a sort of positivity amongst them. Another important thing which uh, I noticed is that previously when uh, everyone was coming to Turning Point, uh, they used to feel free, okay, from uh, say 9.30 to they were returning back at 4.30. So the parents were free at home. Now that when they started uh, doing the activities together, the games together, the parents also started thinking with them when we were uh, asking them to do some activities, do some games together. So the parents also sometimes started contributing and uh, the parents realized that uh, the activities that they're doing, the performance that they're doing, or the creativities that their children are doing each and every day at turning point is uh, not something that should be overlooked. And uh, they started actually praising their child uh, uh, when they are doing something very good, when we are praising them they also started praising their child. So I think that was a real boost for the child because all the time they have said, okay, the parents are not praising them. They are not being appreciated at home. And uh, for people who are having this sort of difficulties being appreciated by uh, parents, I think is very important in their life. And uh, so I think uh, somehow the bond, uh, the togetherness, the feeling of togetherness, the feeling uh, of pride that, okay, my son or my daughter can do uh, so many activities together uh, or uh, they are having so much creativity among them because when we are asking them supposed to write a poem about a particular topic, they can do it. So at that point of time, I think the parents are also rediscovering their child along with uh, actually uh, when the members are doing all these things, they are also discovering themselves. Uh, they are also exploring their potentialities and the parents are also rediscovering their child. And I think personally that that has been very productive about this online class. And lastly, I would like to mention uh, the example of uh, one family where the uh, father was alcoholic and uh, to help his son, he remained engaged the whole day. Uh, so even in the evening, he would uh, try to uh, see whether all the activities are over or not, or he would uh, try to give his son some input so that uh, the next day activity becomes um, easier for his son so that his son can perform in a better way. And in this way, his habit of having regular alcohol uh, or becoming abusive to his own wife stopped. And one day uh, his mother rang me up and said that uh, you are doing a wonderful job. Uh, so I thought that uh, he's praising me because we are trying uh, to continue our classes online. 
And she said, no, I'm not talking about online class, but because of your online class, uh, the amount of abuse uh, that my husband used to do on me uh, has stopped altogether. Mm. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the term you use, rediscovering their children mm. and rediscovering themselves. And, mm. and what you're saying is the pandemic in a way forced the situation where instead of dropping their kids off for the whole day and being quote rid of them, they were now with them and you had provided an, um, um, the catalyst to create an environment to, to build their relationship anew again. And through that, all kinds of things happened. Um, I think I, I have um, two kind of final questions or topics for you. Mm -hmm. um, happiness seems very important to you. Mm -hmm. um, you've mentioned it a few times, um, mm -hmm. joy, happiness. Mm -hmm. um, what do you see? What do you see the connection mm -hmm. or the relationship between that and and this severe and severe mental illness, distress. Mm -hmm. what, what's the relationship? Is it mm -hmm. as simple as people aren't happy if they're mentally distressed and then they can become happy or mm -hmm. what, what is it? I'm sure it's very complicated the way you think about it, but I'd love to hear. Uh, first, I would uh, like to mention one uh, thing. Uh, which is different from mental illness, of course. Uh, my father used to live at Shantiniketan, a place from where our first Nobel laureate, Tekor, received the Nobel Prize. I'm sorry, uh, another, where the first what happened? I didn't hear it. First Nobel laureate. Uh, ah, Nobel laureate, yes, okay. Rabindranath Tekor received uh, Nobel Prize he mm -hmm. was a creative writer uh, and uh, he wrote short stories, novels, uh, songs, and many other things. He also started uh, one university. But uh, at that point of time, uh, my father was a small child and the moral values that he had, which uh, he used to tell me when I was a child, was that uh, happiness is completely different from having money, having power, uh, having prestige. Happiness is a state of mind which you can have even if you have nothing, uh, nothing in the sense where world thinks you are having nothing, that you don't possess a lot of wealth or power, but happiness is a sense of uh, life which you can't buy with your uh, wealth, with your property. And whatever we are doing in life, when someone is uh, striving for uh, power or someone is striving for uh, maybe wealth, it is because he wants to be happy in his or her life. Uh, now, when uh, it was there in my mind, <laughs> and so 
when uh, my brother developed this illness at that point of time uh, all on a sudden i started realizing that the happiness part was missing in my family and uh, later on when uh, turning point started and when we developed relationship with uh, the family members also we have often seen that many of the uh, mothers i would uh, say mothers always feel frustrated uh, because they are blamed uh, often by the society by their uh, in-laws by their husband also that uh, maybe it is because of you uh, that my son or my daughter is having mental illness or my son or daughter is different mm. so uh, i thought that happiness lack of happiness and happiness these two are the things that are there in their life so uh, when we started many new things like maybe open the door <laughs> which i am asking isad institute also to collaborate and do see these are very uh, i would say minor issues in life uh, maybe your child uh, is getting an exposure i will give you one example uh, i think that would clear the situation uh, deepon is a, a boy who is there uh, he is also in his late teens or early 20s and uh, in kolkata there was an exhibition or an competition of photography so the person who was organizing the photography competition and exhibition i asked her that why you always do it for normal people please give them a chance so th then she agreed and she opened uh, the competition for us also and uh, many of uh, our members participated in it and uh, two of them actually their photographs were uh, exhibited and they were asked to speak in the gathering mm. they were given a mic and they were asked to speak in the gathering and uh, deepon after coming back home he spoke maybe a uh, very few lines uh, about how he was feeling uh, by getting a certificate by getting appreciation but what was more important for him that he expressed with her mother that was give getting a scope to speak in front of so many people so getting the exposure uh that uh, his photographs are there with everyone else in kolkata he has been given the chance to speak uh, like any other uh, known people uh, uh, important people so that was very important for uh, deepon and deepon's mother started crying in happiness that his son uh Uh, has been given the chance to speak in front of others which he enjoyed so this 
maybe these are very small things of life which we think uh, these are small but i think some of the very small things of life are very important to us which gives us immense happiness immense pleasure and uh, of course uh, when we die we do not uh, uh, take our wealth our uh, uh, power with us so i think uh, if we die uh, and if we at the time of our death if we remain happy that is most important for us uh, which sometimes uh, people who are different uh, do not get because the society is not giving the chance to be part of them absolutely absolutely um that was a that was a very um important treatise on happiness <laughs> i i very much appreciate it i hope our our, our listeners do as well um, I was going to ask you what all power to the developing, which is the name of our podcast, means to you, but I think I think you've just said it. Mm -hmm. I think you've just given <laughs> a, a beautiful answer, so I won't ask it again. Um, I thank you so much, Ishita, for uh, sharing your your work, how it how it began, what you think about mental illness, what you think about development, how you work and your, um, your playfulness of doing things you didn't know how to do, don't know how to do, and embracing, embracing all of humanity. I thank you so much um, for this episode. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Thank you very much. And I would uh, thank you, thank Eastside Institute, for encouraging us because there might be so many people like me uh, who are working because they have seen the challenges and they don't know the actual ways and they are also in the state of discovering. And uh, sometimes we need people like you, we need organization like Eastside Institute, uh, which uh, becomes a backbone for us. Great, thank you. So we look forward to seeing videos and being um, in participation with your fellows. Could you just um, say how people can get in touch with you if they'd like to? I think uh, through the uh, email ID or WhatsApp, uh, in any way they can get in touch with me. <clears throat> okay. Mm -hmm. And and so turning points, what is the... Um, the site, the URL for Turning Point? Uh, we have a site, a website of Turning Point. Yes. And uh, we have also given the program of Open the Door in it. Uh, we have created one form for participation in it. And uh, I think because uh, if we get so many people with, uh, who are having so much creativity amongst them, then everyone would get inspired and everyone would perform and everyone would uh, be motivated and develop a lot. Okay, great. So when, when this um, podcast airs on, our, on the website for it, we will list all the links so that mm -hmm. people can get in touch with you. Thank you so much. 
Okay, thank you. Okay, Mike. that ends this episode of All Power to the Developing. Bye-bye. <laughs>